Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to the No Film School podcast. I'm Gigi Hawkins, writer-director and host of the No Film School podcast, and I'm here with... Yaroslav Altunin, tech editor for No Film School, also a writer on occasion, and uh, I like cameras. (laughs) You do like cameras. You do like cameras. I have a problem. I buy cameras all the time. I'm like, ooh, I want that, and I don't need it. I just, I like to buy cameras. That's an expensive problem. I have the same, but with shopping sometimes. Uh, But we are here today because we are speaking with the editor of Plan C, a documentary that took the festival circuit by storm this year. The film premiered at Sundance. It went on to South by and numerous other festivals. And the film follows this vigilante adjacent group of women who are getting the abortion pill to pregnant women in states where it is banned. And it is such an inspiring documentary from a tone perspective, from Mm -hmm. a storytelling perspective, from a character perspective. And I really loved the story. And I think with Doc, so much of what the story we watch is, is crafted in the edit. So it was great to be able to have the chance to speak with Meredith. Yeah. I'm excited to, uh, to kind of look back on the conversation and see, you know, what we've kind of gleaned from it. And and you saw the film live, not live, in theaters, in theaters. In theaters. Not, yeah, I guess live, yeah. <laughs> live in theaters, which, I, I mean, whenever I can see a film in theaters, I saw this at the Nevada City Film Festival, and I knew I was going to be speaking with Meredith. I had a screener in the books or in my email, but then I was like, I'm going to wait and see it in person. And I saw mm-hmm. it at the one-year anniversary of Rose overturning. So that in itself like carried even more momentum. But there is something that, you know, is so refreshing about being able to be focused. And I'm speaking to the choir here because I know we're all movie theater lovers. But uh, yeah, it was it was really powerful to be in a theater with people talking about this human rights issue and feeling energized and empowered through watching this story. 
Definitely. And what are you excited to talk about as our tech editor? You know, the one thing I always like chatting with people about is the technology they use that I don't use. You know, I'm I'm I grew up on Avid, used Final Cut for a decade or two, mm, a decade, decade and a half. But now I'm in Resolve, and I don't edit as much as I used to. And I'm sorry if there's a jingle jangle. My cat is won't leave me alone. Crawling all over uh, you. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna take off her collar because uh, it is loud. For our listeners, this is like a recurring thing in the Issue. podcast. Yeah, my Yara's cat, cat will move across the screen and just this black tail. That's all we see. Everyone has to ignore her. Um, so yeah, I, I, I love uh, hearing about people problem solve things using different tools than I use. I know there's a common kind of underlying foundation between everything we use. Cameras, NLE, NLEs, NLEs, yeah, lenses. But, um, you know, they're all a little different. Each suite has a different functionality, different functionalities. They might work better than some. So I'm always curious to see how people utilize those tools and problem solve because, you know, it's all about problem solving. It's all about yeah. problem solving. Well, let's get to our interview with Meredith Perry, editor Ooh. of Plan C. First of all, thank you for joining us on the No Film School podcast. We're so excited to talk to you about Plan C, a super important film that has just swept the festival circuit. Mm -hmm. I got to see it at the Nevada City Film Festival at the on the one-year anniversary of Rose overturning. So it was kind of a... It was a moment, and it was like a perfect way to see it in theaters at the perfect time. So congratulations on the film. Thank and you. And we're so glad and excited to talk to you about it. I'd love to hear how you got your start as an editor. Yeah. So I went to the Evergreen State College up in Washington State, and I I just made a short film with a friend of mine like for a class. And then we were like, well, who's going to edit this? <laughs> sort of how it started. And then I, I found I really liked it, you know, like I, you know, and I kind of, you know, all thumbs edited my way through this short that I'd made. And then, and then I ended up getting a job as like the multimedia lab intern where I like helped other people learn how to use the software. And I ended up like just reading one of those like boring manuals, you know, and like, so I, like over Christmas break, like I didn't even have the software in front of me, but I just, it was Final Cut back then. And yeah. but I just read it because I'd already been really like frustratingly poking my, my way through editing stuff, you know. So then once I read this manual, I was like, oh, it's so much easier than I was doing it, you know. So um, you're that's like curled up by the fire with the manual, <laughs> yeah. drinking hot huge, cocoa. Like, and you're like, oh, yeah. command F, that's it. Command C. Okay, got it, got it. Got exactly. It. <laughs> and my mom was was there and she like thought it was hilarious. It was really, she was like, oh, I can't believe you're reading that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how I started to learning to edit, you know, and then, and I just kept editing things for myself and friends. And then I went to grad school and in grad school, I got my first, like I edited a, a narrative feature. Yeah, like my first real editing job. Yeah. And then I kind of fell into docs by chance, sort of. I edited mm -hmm. The Milky Way, which was this um, doc about breastfeeding in America. Yeah. And that and then I edited The Hacker Wars, which was, you know, anyways, I, which was a whole different kind of doc. And I like to say that YouTube, because, you know, you're always kind of like grabbing things off YouTube 
just to mm-hmm. like as a placeholder or, you know, when you're doing docs, it's like it seems that's a place that you find stuff. And but I always used to joke that it's like YouTube has no idea who I am because I'm like uh-huh. breastfeeding videos, hacker content. They're like, are you like, <laughs> like it started advertising male pattern baldness to me. Oh my you God. Know? And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. you've, you've, you've tricked them. And I think you're doing the exact right thing. That I is I, what a good yeah, place to no, be. No, I like love it. I'm like, yes, YouTube. I am. I am a neck beard man. <laughs> um, I have a question specifically yeah. about this time. So you went to grad school. Were you in Washington at the time? I went to CalArts. Yeah, I went to oh, CalArts okay. for film directing. Yeah. Got it, got it. Yeah. And um, and that's kind of like, and one of the faculty members like um, kind of um, put me my, you know, name in the hat for Two Million Women is the title. It's like, it was a comedy. And it was actually interesting. They wanted to audition me. So they had me edit a mm-hmm. scene before they went with me. I think there was like a couple other that's people that they were thinking about. Yeah, but I think it was because I is was that- so green. You know, I'd only ever yeah. done my own stuff, you know, and they were so, and I think they, they pissed off another editor actually, like by asking them and then they didn't go with them. So I, I was game, I guess. (laughs) And so they, they, and, and, you know, I guess I, I made an impression. So that was good. But yeah, so that's kind of how I got started. Yeah. And I, I write too. I I write screenplays and things like that in my off time. Um, But yeah. And then for this project, in my barn, yes, in my barn office. <laughs> and um, in, and, and for you this live project, on a oh. farm. Oh, sorry, before we get into the project, oh, yeah. I want to hear a lot of our listeners actually are based outside of New York and LA. So it's so cool to be speaking to somebody who is based on a, a, a farm on an island in Washington. Um, how, yeah. how did you end up there? And what is that? What does that work life balance look like? Yeah, you know, um, we so we were living in L.A. and um, me and my husband and he's also in the film industry and he, he's a production designer. And so and we, you know, and and my my father passed away. So it's like a family homestead. It's um, yeah, it's 28 acres. And so when it, when when he passed away, it came to us and um, it's just this tiny little farmhouse. And then he built this barn that I'm in now. And um, as and partly finished out the top as like a theater rehearsal space because he wanted to do lots of like musical or um, or community theater projects. Yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so I'm in the storage space, which is now my office, which I decorated during the pandemic. But but so when we moved here, you know, we thought, oh, we're gonna have to come back down to L.A. And we moved in mm-hmm. 2019, and we have two kids, and so you know that was part of the decision. We were like, okay, we have another kid now, like you know, LA is expensive and like, we're going to, you know, move further away from our jobs. And it just was like, well, if we're going to be in traffic for two hours, we might as well just move where we want to live. And so we moved up here Mm -hmm. and then the pandemic hit and everyone was like, can you work from home? And we were like, yes, yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it was weird. It It was like a nice perk to the pandemic for us. We were like, oh yeah, 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 we can work from home. That would be great. Um, and so, yeah, so we started working from home. My husband goes back down sometimes for like shoots and stuff. He, um, Mm -hmm. he works on a Dungeons and Dragons reality show for college humor dimension 20. And so he gets to play with like little toys in his shop all day. (laughs) That's what I think he's doing, but he's probably, it's probably much more stressful than that. But, (laughs) but so he goes down, but I mostly stay here, you know? Um, and so it was all remote with Tracy and I, the I had a co-editor on the Milky Way, which was 
great just to have an extra set of hands. Docs are so much content that you have to like right. wade through. So it's nice to have somebody really good with you. And so she sometimes will say, hey, I can't do this gig. Like, you know, like, let me make an introduction. And so that's how I met Tracy. And I think Tracy kind of tried me out too, you know, it's because it's kind of, you know, you never know if you're going to end up, I mean, she paid me, but it was like, you know, I think we went, like we did a week where I like, you know, went through some of her verite footage and then cut it together. And she got to kind of see like what I was going to choose and what the moments were. And then, and we really hit it off and, you know, and she was really happy with my work. And so it just kind of, you know, became full-time and after that. Yeah. Yeah. How long yeah. were you working on Plan C? How long was post-production on that? Because it was a very quick turnaround. I mean, I'm watching it in 2023, but it's still so timely. Yeah, we, um, it was probably about a year and a half. And th- there was a little break because we, Tracy was trying to drum up funding. She calls it rattling the cup. <laughs> she was <laughs> you know, looking for money. Um, and so we would kind of, we took one short break. I think it was like three or four months but it was like in total it was about a year and a half and we were we were shooting up until almost right before we locked like so which was very intense (laughs) a lot of footage like over 300 hours of footage is that normal in documentary um i actually don't know because i don't come from this space but is it normal to be like feeding the footage in real time and you're sort of sorting through it in real time i don't know i mean i think it depends on the doc because it's like i imagine there's some that are just pretty self-contained like we're, we're gonna chronicle this event and so then that's the amount of hours you get you know and then this one was such a kind of epic chronological uh undertaking because it was you know like mm-hmm. roe was falling in real time and we knew it was coming but we didn't know exactly when you know so there was this kind of and there was this urgency too because it was like you know if we you know were submitting to sundance or you know next year it was going to be a whole different kind of you know it would have been kind of late in a way you know so yeah I think we kind of ended up yeah there was some breakneck speed there towards the end and um that that momentum is is comes through though in a really positive way it helps with the storytelling in my opinion that urgency is obviously there yeah. Oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah. I, um, yeah, it was, it was, we felt really what like, we felt the urgency to get the message out. And one of the reasons I, I like really wanted to do the project and was so excited about it was that it, it felt like it was, it was a cause doc, but it wasn't like one of those cause dogs that was cause docs that was like, and everything is terrible. Roll credits. You know, it was like, there's right. actually like something to do, you know, we can help people by you know getting the information out there like you know abortion pills exist like you can get them even if you're in a red state you know and they're totally safe and you know yeah 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 i'd love to talk a little bit about the tone specifically because this could so easily feel like oh fuck throughout yeah and there was this hopeful tone and message and empowering message both through the experiences of the women but um in their journey to like make this happen and also we got to see the struggles of it but like how did you balance the tone and how did you work with tracy the filmmaker the director to to find that yeah yeah i think a lot of what we did um we used miro which is like a i think you can 
have like a free version. I think we paid for it for a while where we had like kind of scenes or pods. We called them pods because it was like sometimes there would be multiple people in them, but it was all kind of one thing had a beginning, middle and an end. And so we were sort of moving them around mm. in Miro when we were doing the structure. And and one of the things I, I kept coming back to was that like Francine is kind of like our, our main character, our like central character. And um, and she is so funny and and sweet, you know, this like sweet, badass, like, you know, punk rock old lady. Yeah. <laughs> she's not old. There's she this gets mad. scene. Sorry. Francine, you're not old. Oh, there's this. <laughs> yeah, she, she's a force. She's a force. And there's this she's amazing scene where she's going in and it's a, it's a sequence where she's going in and placing these like spreading the word through this um gorilla sticker campaign spreading yeah. the these this message of like hey are you pregnant do you want to become yeah. unpregnant Looking plan c is an option and she hides it with her yeah she wears like a long and coat and a hat and sneaks in and then like <laughs> finds a new testament bible in the bathroom she's like well if they can put this here we can put this here and it's just such a great <laughs> character moment capturing oh, like love the that ethos scene. of her spirit and, and yeah. it it was so wonderful. I loved that scene. Yeah. Oh, I know. I love her. I, I love her so much. I got to meet her at Sundance and it was just like, it was like a dream come true. I spent like, I spent so much time like, cause you know, it's, it's a long haul and you know, there's days where you're like, you know, you've been working 16 hour days for like a month or something. And you're like, what am I doing with my life? Like, I'm so tired. And I always would think, about Francine getting a standing ovation. Like, if it was like that, I would like picture oh. it in my head and be like, this is what we're doing because we're, we're, we want Francine to get recognition and we want her like life's work to be more widespread. You know, like that's what this film is yeah. trying to do. And, and so then at Sundance, and like every time I tell people this, I cry. So, like, I would at Sundance and every, she would get up on stage and, get a standing ovation like every time and I would just be weeping like the sideline. Oh. so yeah so but there was I think for us like the structure was like I would get footage of Francine and be like oh because you you know because she is this like light within this super dark time you know and so you know chronic you know yeah. the chronicle of like you know states losing abortion rights altogether and you know we would we would get these I would get these drives in the mail that were like you know, all this footage of a clinic that has to shut down and tell people that are, you know, calling in saying they're going to kill themselves, that they can't help them, you know. And so I'm like, you know, looking through all that footage and then I would get like a, a drive with Francine on it and I could feel myself. I mean, you know, I like editing is so much about empathy and like and like letting things, mm -hmm. you know, live inside of you and like, you know, and find finding those moments that, you know, other people are going to respond to. And so that was something that I really started to think, oh, this is how we're going to make this work. So that it isn't this like terribly dark, bleak film because we have these yeah. moments with Francine where you can breathe again and where you have something to, you know, where there's hope, you know? Yeah. yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'd love to talk about process, but 
organically something very interesting that I don't think we've ever talked about with an editor on the podcast is coming up for me. And that's the idea of like mental health while you're in post-production. So not only are you dealing with this like incredibly relevant personal, like it impacts everyone and we are in the firestorm of it story, but also you're working 16 hour days like that and and you're pushing and you have this deadline. So how do you yeah, how do you protect yourself? How do you keep yourself from, you know, falling apart because it can be so I imagine it can be incredibly stressful and there's a ton of wear and tear. Yeah, yeah. I wish I mean honestly, I I just read this article the other day and I like sent it to all my friends. I was like, this is me. This is my problem. But it was this article about m- mental health, like a mental health crisis in the doc field and how like people that editors and directors of docs especially end up re-traumatizing themselves over and over again by watching this really terrible footage together Mm. and it's and it's kind of like being a therapist only we don't get the training that therapists get on how to deal with it and i was like you know it kind of blew my mind because i you know part of me was just thinking well i'm just i just can't handle it sometimes you know or like i you know i was like oh see this was just so hard for me specifically but finding out that it's actually kind of like a systemic thing Maybe feel less alone, you know, in that. I don't know if I do handle it all that well. I mean, I definitely handle it well enough to finish this film, <laughs> but yeah, I don't. I don't know if I would recommend doing it my way, unfortunately. Um, yeah. But I do. I'm really interested in trying to figure out some techniques, actually, and like, because um, I and I think, I think it that it should. If you're going to be embarking on a year long project about war or something like this where it's going to affect you know all of the people with uteruses in the u.s in a negative way and Mm -hmm. i think i think it's really important to like have to have a therapist actually like i think that that is something i I would not recommend doing it without that and then asking them for tools for how to stay open to the content without like reach being traumatized by it you know and that's something that i plan on working on you know before i start another project like this yeah. Yeah. So because I do think it's a real issue. To, I, this isn't apples to apples, but I've worked with a, a therapist who used to be a TV writer and it was so helpful oh, to be able. It was so great. I was like, oh, you worked on like that 70s show. I, I know you're awesome. Work. He <laughs> left the industry and he can specifically understand the the. I mean, he can understand the specificities of this career and the stress and the pressure that, and also the specificities of being a storyteller. And like, we're also, in a way, I'm sure, trying to narrativize our own experiences within the context of telling this story. So I think that's really interesting and something something that we're just starting to talk about as a culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's really, I mean, also, you know, I think we're even just now starting to talk about like, going to therapy, you know, in a public way. I feel like, you know, there's been all this stigma about it for so long. And now, you know, now people will just be like, I was talking to my therapist, you know, and nobody, you know, like bats an eye. It's really nice. It's like a really great place to be. And so, you know, no one should be ashamed and, you know, go to therapy. It's great. (laughs) I love it. Great. (laughs) That's so true. I feel like that's so true. I feel like at one point it was a, a Seinfeld joke, you know, and now it's like, 
a natural part of conversation and it's healthy and it's good. And I, I come from a culture where, yeah. you know, it's like mental health doesn't exist. It's not a word. Like psychology is, you know, fake. And, and I'm like, really? How do you talk yeah. about your feelings? And they're like, what feelings? You know, what so feelings, it's right? progress. <laughs> yeah. It's progress. Oh, I know. It's so true. It's such a like, it's an it's a neat place to be. I mean, I'm really I'm optimistic about that for this generation coming up, and that makes mm. me feel really good to think about that. Yeah, there there's a lot. We're evolving pretty quickly, and and I'm yeah. I love that it's like a cool thing now. You can be like, oh, my therapist was saying this yeah. thing, and, yeah. And uh, yeah. so let's let's geek out about tools and process and editing. Um, that was my favorite part. Yes, yes. So yeah, Yara, yeah, you're our tech editor, uh-huh. and 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 I also yeah, I, I learned how to edit in um, Adobe Premiere, so I bring a little bit to the table. But um, nice. yeah, we love learning about like generally how you approach. Also, your favorite like little tricks, uh, your favorite shortcuts. Yaro, feel free to chime in if you have any specific questions. The thing I like about this series of interviews that we're doing is is I don't work in Adobe. I use Photoshop a little bit, but I don't edit and or color or you know kind of uh, manage my pipeline in in Adobe at all. And I've played with Frame a little bit, but I'm always excited to learn like the intricacies of of people that work in in, in Adobe. And um, I guess my first question to you is is what was your workflow to kind of manage just the 300 hours of footage, which is Insane. I mean, documentaries are known to have a lot of footage, but how did you catalog that? I know you you said you used Miro to kind of collaborate, but um, you know, how did Adobe kind of help you in this instance? Uh, did you use Frame at all? You know, and and how did you <laughs> sift through basically like how many how many how many hours is three hundred hours? I want to quantify that in like days. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Um. So. You know, we were kind of we were getting it over time and Tracy would kind of point me towards the stuff she was excited about, you know. And so in the end, I watched mm-hmm. everything. I think there was maybe a couple th- couple things I didn't. And she was like, no, that there's no, you know, no need to watch that. But, you know, I, I would put everything into a timeline and then, you know, um, cut out my selects. So you just watch it double time and then mm-hmm. you're, you know, making making cuts. And then I move a select to the track above. And then if I'm really excited, I move it to the track above that. <laughs> and then and then that's, you know, that's my selects for, you know, whatever hour interview or, you know, uh, you know, hanging out with Francine in her house or, you know, whatever. I would kind of find that stuff. And then we brought on an assistant editor, Beth Kearsley. Shout out to Beth. She's so amazing. And, you know, I would lean on her sometimes like um, as we were starting, things were really heating up and we were getting close to deadlines. So I would send her a sequence with my selects and then and, and, you know, a little bit of guidance like, hey, like, I think the most interesting thing about this interview is this. And then she would do a pass and do an edit and then send it back to me and then I would clean it up and yeah, and then it would go in. Yeah, that was the way. I mean, I'm trying to think like, you know, what else? How like? How did I do it? I don't know. Oh, I I, I made a keyboard shortcut for B-roll because um, I wanted it to be like, I basically made a keyboard shortcut for turning something blue <laughs> because oh, I turned all the B-roll blue. <laughs> <laughs> and so that nice. was like my That's hack. so interesting. <laughs> yeah. 
because it was just, you know, there was, it was so much footage and I was like, I need to be able to find the bureau really fast, you know, and I can't be like yeah. sifting through all my selects for like that moment where they're just like looking at the camera and not, you know, or whatever, you know, that I need to, you know, get from one shot to the next. Yeah. That's so interesting. We, we recently had an article about someone who was like, I'm just going to like redo my shortcuts. I'm going to do like a gaming thing. And everybody was was kind of up in arms about it because you know they they were like if you go from one house to another one editing house to an or post house to another you know you're 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 learning on a, a workflow that isn't kind of applicable across the board but it's it's i thought it was really cool because you know you need certain i guess like reoccurring shortcuts and 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 seeing you kind of do that in the field is really cool yeah yeah i mean i i always and you know depending on the project I feel like I'm always looking up how to what the keyboard shortcut is or like, you know, building a shortcut specific to the project. And that was the one I just thought of that I did for this one. But it, there's always something that I'm like, oh, I really want to know how to do this, you know, really quickly because there's so much of this is coming up for me. And also, mm -hmm. I, I have a thumb drive on my car keys and I keep my shortcuts on it. So no matter where I am, I can just plug wow. them in. And I have them, yeah. So, so that's, that's smart. the way. That's <laughs> so cool. brilliant. Yeah, and then I'm always ready to go. No I love also I how how like <laughs> tangible that is. Like you're, yeah. you know, you have your keys and you have your keys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, your yeah. Keys. keys and your, and your short keys. Yeah. Is there any other like shortcut you've created for yourself that's kind of just just for your workflow that you kind of bring from one project to another? I don't know. I I feel like the blue, like, like, or, you know, one for turning a shot blue is probably like the most specific kind of thing. I know that probably a lot of them are just ones that I like that other people also like trying to think. I love ripple delete. I know that sounds weird, but it's just so, you know, you just like, like click on something. Why do you and love ripple delete so much? I love ripple delete because you, it's just quick. A lot of the time when you're editing doc there's so much footage that it's like it's mm -hmm. nice to accordion like your selects down and be like okay it's actually like 20 minutes that i'm trying to make a scene out of not this hour and you can like just quickly delete everything that wasn't in your selects with ripple delete and it just feels really satisfying <laughs> like a very dorky answer but yes <laughs> that's that's why i love it no i love i love i love those kind of answers because like working in my own, you know, ecosystem, I always find myself utilizing things I learned like on Avid in geez, 2004 and then in Final Cut and I'm and now I'm in Resolve and I'm like, how can I modify those workflows to something that's, you know, more coherent for, for this system? And I do a lot of live theater. So I, I, I kind of, it's different from narrative or I'm yeah. sorry, I used to do a lot of live theater. Now I'm more in narrative. But uh, are you, do you do any narrative? Uh, and do you see any kind of differences in how you approach the different projects? Yeah, um, I, I've been, I've been typecast, I guess, a little bit. Like I've been doing more, more docs. <laughs> Just, you know, you do a mm -hmm. couple and then they do well. And then people are like, oh, she does docs, you know. But I love narrative. And yeah, I mean... It's all problem solving, you know, it's all and and with docs, it's it's interesting because you're shaping the story, whereas like a narrative has a script, you know, and so you're you're beholden to that. But you still mm -hmm. there's still always things that you need to like shape about a narrative, you know, like you, you know, you want it to be 90 minutes or you, 
you know, like, or there's like a scene and it was shot a little funky and you're trying to make it feel, you know, seamless or, you know, there's all these kind of, you know, there's always going to be, or, you know, an actor is struggling a little bit. So you're, you know, maybe avoiding some of that, their, their performance, you know, so there's things like that. Such a nice way to put it, Meredith. Uh, you're yeah, helping yeah. In, helping an actor out yeah helping them close helping the them loop. look good yeah because that's ultimately you know yeah. you gotta make sure everybody looks good you know in a narrative yeah i actually totally. miss doing narrative now, stuff you, really yeah, yeah. You, and you're a writer know. as well so so now yeah <laughs> we'll we'll put the word out two questions yeah. what is like a dream project like type of project that you're looking to work on and then the second is how does your writing in or now that like with your extensive edit background how does that influence your writing like are you thinking you're I'm sure you're thinking about the edit as you write oh yeah oh yeah yeah I I feel like I'm a really visual screenwriter like I just I I'm always I I can see what I'm writing you know and even when I read I like I I always say I'm watching books (laughs) it's like I feel I'm seeing what I read, you know, like vividly, I guess. And, um, yeah. and yeah. And when I edit, I'm always kind of thinking about structure. I think, you know, structure within a scene or even just, you know, like, Oh, this is definitely going to be in the dark night of the soul moment of this, you know, of this documentary, you know, it's like, you're always kind of thinking like, Oh, when Francine is low, that's like, that's the low point. Like that's near where a row falls, you know, cause it's the same, emotional yeah. journey you know for all of us and francine you know and so things like that i'm always yeah. thinking about and um i love storytelling so much and that's one thing about docs that's so great is that there's so much of of me in the story you know because it's it's like a it's much more collaborative in terms of like what it's what the ultimate end result is than a narrative which kind of already yeah. has its shape before it comes to me um yeah yeah and what's the sort of dream project that oh, you're yes. itching to work on? Oh, oh man. I, so I really, I, I mean, I would love to work on TV, like, um, I really like dark content. I, like, I would love to work on like a murder mm. show <laughs> or um, something yes. maybe with like less Bring like, back Twin over- Peaks. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. If I could edit Twin Peaks. <laughs> I would be so happy. Yeah. Um, but I love, I love that. Like, and I love like really strange, you know, yeah, like Lynchian stuff. So I would love to, mm-hmm. oh, oh, and I think if, if we're talking about a documentary, I would love to work on something like casting Jean Benet because there's this like, or the act of killing. Mm, it's like yeah. these new kind of docs. I, I don't know if they, but, like, there's probably a term for them now and I don't know it, but I just, I'm so fascinated by. Mm this new kind of doc that's like the opposite of fly on the wall. That's like, we're going to actually like create the scenario that we're then going to document. You know, I, I just find that really fascinating. Oh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It feels like it's, it's to me, that feels more true to, to unless manipulative, I, I know isn't necessarily the right word, but more true to the audience and the viewer, because we are aware that they are intentionally doing this versus yeah. when it's fly on the wall style, it's easy to feel that it's not crafted, but it, it is. Right, a, a narrative right. is crafted in doc. I think that's 
fascinating. Um, yeah. Also, what, uh, what was the other one? Um, a sli- some kind of heaven. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so good. I love Oppenheim or Oppenheimer. Yeah, Oppenheimer. yeah. Another highly stylized. Yeah, bright and dark. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, no, cool. I love that stuff. Yeah, so yeah, I would love to edit something like that for sure. That would be great. I'm writing. I'm writing a, a pilot for a limited series that's about a murder that took place on Lopez Island, actually. And I've been working on it for a while, and so I'm getting back into that now. It's it's like it's a little bit Fargo esque, you know. It has the, it's like this kind of quirky mm-hmm. hippie community, you know. And then there's a dark underbelly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so that's Ooh, what i've been up to that's cool <laughs> yeah now as we wrap up here what advice do you have for emerging filmmakers maybe folks who are just getting their feet wet in the editing space the directing space even the screenwriting space yeah um if you were just starting and you're like maybe i want to edit you know, then I would just shoot something on your phone, you know, like shoot, make a silly video that you have to edit with your friends and edit it together. And because you're going to learn so much more than doing it any other way, you know, like, yeah, doing it any other way. And then and then also it's it's about the relationships you make. Right. And and you are a little bit of yeah. you're going to be like, are you a good therapist? Like, are you a good person to like talk to when you're feeling like you can't go on, you know, because a lot of being working with directors is kind of helping them through their, you know, the birthing process of their films. And so, and that is hard, you know? And so do you want to be that kind of person, you know, like that, that kind of helps people. Yeah. You know, and for me, I think I realized like editing just feels like I go to sleep and I wake up at the end of the day. Like I never feel like, oh, I've been sitting here all day. Like, I always just wish there was more time, you know? And so, and that'll, and wow. I know for a fact there's people that are like, editing drives me nuts. Like, I do not like it, you know? And just listen to that because you don't want to. those people. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to get stuck doing it if it's not for you. But for yeah. me, it's like completely, it, you know, it's like my time just flies, you know, because I'm just, I'm completely focused. Yeah. So, yeah. And so if you're that kind of person, great. And if you're not, then, you know, maybe you want to, direct or do camera work or sound or other things like that yeah that's my advice (laughs) and i have uh, one question to to kind of wrap it up as well what's the one thing that uh you think editors should uh a a skill that they should nurture and 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 practice and and kind of make sure that they have in their toolkit uh, be it for documentaries or narrative films or music videos like what's that kind of universal thing where like every editor needs to know this and, and have it uh, ready kind of, you know, to pull from their hip. Oh, man. Um, that's such a good, I know, that's a hard one. I feel like... Um, uh, what, what's, what's, what's your most important tool that you bring to the table? I am infinitely patient. I, mm. And I think that that is really what makes you a good editor ultimately mm-hmm. is not never losing your patience because it is it can be very frustrating and very and and a long mm-hmm. haul you know and you're not and you know and people are not always and like it i always kind of you know joke about like you know once we get once we the picture is locked and you go to sound and color everyone's so happy but editing yeah. is kind of like 
like this practice of being like, this is what we have. <laughs> and it maybe yeah. isn't what you was in your mind, but this is what we have, you know? And then when it goes to sound and color, it's always getting better, you know? So they always get all the love, you know? I always get grumpy and like, mm-hmm. oh, those sound guys that everyone's like, it sounds so good. Thank you so much, <laughs> you know? And meanwhile, they're like, yeah. are you sure we don't have that shot? Meredith, what do you mean? You know, and I'm like, we don't have it. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> so, I definitely but, you know, worked with more ed- like editors who have been so patient because I'm like, no, 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 we we got it. I know we got it. Yeah. I remember yeah. the day of we got the shot and they're like, yeah, no, it's not it didn't here. happen. Yeah. You made that in your head. Yeah. So, yeah. so patient. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to be patient and and uplifting if you can, you know, like that's I think that's the ultimate thing. Yeah. Yeah. You're that like, we're going to make this work. To have. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I've, I've been in positions where I've been a little curt and short, which is why I don't edit anymore, because because I don't have the patience, <laughs> I think, for 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 sitting in front of a computer with someone else telling me what to do. I'll edit my yeah. own things, but I just I, I I've done yeah. it for 15 years and I can't do it anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it can be thankless. It, mm-hmm. it ends up. They say thank you eventually, but it can be a thankless job for sure. And well, from yeah. uh, everybody in the past who didn't, and everybody in the future, thank you, Meredith. Yes, thank, thank you. you. Yeah. <laughs> thank I, I you. I have one final, final question. That it, what can filmmakers do to show their editors how thankful they are? Is it oh, a bringing them food every time you come together? Is it? What 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 helps feel oh, helps yeah. support that feeling? Maybe I mean I think remembering to remembering to be excited about the things that are working because I think you can get really stuck in this like oh my gosh are we ever even going to finish this and this is this is expensive and you know you can get really wrapped up in that and so remembering to be like I love the scene like the scene yeah. is working so well. Is like that's really. I mean, I, that's like what I you know want. I'm like, tell me, I'm a good girl. Like, yeah, <laughs> tell me, I did good. <laughs> so, I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, we you know, solved it. Once, I think we solved it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then you know, once you get into like Sundance or something amazing like that, then it's like that. It just all you know, it's all gravy from there. So yeah. So that's that's the dream. Easy. <laughs> just get into Sundance. Yeah, just get into Sundance, and then I'll be happy. You know. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, thank you so uh, much, Meredith, for joining yeah, us and you. for working through this doc that is incredible. We're so lucky to have mm-hmm. it in the world. Um, thank you for that hard work it, to make it happen oh. and bring it to life and to bring Francine into the world. I'm so excited yes. for uh more folks to know her. Yes, yes, me too. Thank you so much. This was such a fun conversation. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much, Meredith, for joining us in this conversation and Yaro for joining us as well. It's so nice to have you on the podcast during these interviews. It's always a pleasure to be on. We like to get into the nitty gritty. And I think sometimes you bring an even nittier and grittier perspective. Um, One of the things that I loved about this conversation is that we were able to sort of talk about the early stages of this movement that we're in right now about like creator mental health in the doc space. Um, In a couple of weeks, we're going to have the team behind the documentary subject, which is coming out this fall and also swept the 
industry and the festival circuit. And I think we're just starting to understand the sort of weird re-traumatizing that happens when sometimes we're telling these really tough stories. So I appreciated Meredith sort of talking about how she's working through that in real time. And it's just something for us to be aware of. I also am just delighted by her hotkey hard drive keychain or thumb right? drive keychain. Yeah, that was really cool. I I, I knew you could kind of take your shortcuts with you from from one place to another but literally having it with you that was that's cool that was a cool touch satisfying it's satisfying for me yeah i have i have like a bunch of stuff on my keys too but nothing as cool as that or as practical as that i have cool stuff on my keychain i'm like a cool janitor (laughs) but my keys don't open anything besides my apartment (laughs) yeah the cool janitor yeah (laughs) that's that's a vibe I yeah, like it. I yeah, like it. yeah. Uh yeah. And uh, I think my the coolest thing that uh, that Meredith kind of brought up was the that kind of the last question I asked was, you know, what skill set should an editor, you know, really focus on and bring from project to project? And she said patience. And I was mm-hmm. like, yes, I never really thought about that. I was like, oh, it's gotta be like, you know grip strength or like wrist elasticity but then she was like patience and i was like yeah that that can make or break a project in the edit for sure do you think that's the secret yeah i do do you think we can title this episode the secret to blank the secret to (laughs) the secret to something with editors yeah it's i i I totally that's the title right there yeah yeah yeah. great great (laughs) Well, yeah. thank you again for joining us. And listeners, let us know, did, did we help get to the core of the secret to successful documentary filmmaking? We'd love to hear your thoughts on this conversation on the podcast in general. You can email us podcast at nofilmschool.com. You can also follow No Film School on social media at No Film School and get even more No Film School mm-hmm. on nofilmschool.com. We are relaunching the website, so on keep Monday. an eye out for that. Very, this is why Yaro hasn't slept because no. <laughs> he is in one of the moving pieces behind this. So we're excited to to get that out in the world as well. It's Thank you exciting. so much for listening. 